It's what like that anxiety fuck? you get from going back to school. I used to get so freaking worked up about going so back to school. I was so anxious. That's exactly why every year, right before, and I was excited for school, and I'd yeah. be like, I don't want to go back. I've been doing this all summer. I've been hanging around doing whatever I want. Now I gotta go back to school with all the structure, and I gotta meet all these people. <laughs> that was my biggest thing. I was like, I have to have a structure and like be on someone else's time after having the last like three and a half months of like doing, doing my structure and like yep. what works for me. And I was like. Welcome back to another episode of Table Talks, where our deeper conversations are something highly sought after, but rarely explored. And I have with me, as always, my lovely co-host, Alyssa. Hi, honeybees. I'm so excited. I love the honeybees. <laughs> All right. What are we talking about today? Oh, okay. We're just going to jump into it. We have no... Oh, well, I can catch up a little. Um, I just wanted to bring it to the listeners, because I learned a new word. I have been Ooh. experiencing this for a while, but I want to open something up to you guys. So I learned about frisian which is the experience that when you're listening to like music or a movie or something like that and it really gets you and you get goosebumps or like your hair raises on the back of your neck and you just like feel all the tingles i experienced this i asked jocelyn this morning and she says she experiences the same thing but they say it's not as common but jocelyn and i are very similar yeah, like the are. same person just a different body yeah so do you guys experience frisian is my question yeah, please either like leave a comment or go over to our Instagram and like let us know like do you experience frisian? Maybe we'll put it as like a question stamp or something during the week. I also love just the word frisian. It's yeah, like just it's rolls cool. off the tongue and it's just fun to say. So yeah. frisian, frisian, frisian. <laughs> anyway, we are going to be talking about the overthinker brain. I'm excited. What is that you say? <laughs> uh, it is when you feel like your brain just won't turn off. You know, you have a constant stream of thoughts. Your brain, like, just does not stop. <laughs> you often overanalyze things, not everything sometimes. Um, this can be linked to anxiety or depression um, and can sometimes lead to analysis, paralysis. I have that I, a lot. I'm especially... so glad I said it right. <laughs> Especially as a business owner, I get analysis paralysis like 100% of the time. Analysis paralysis is usually when you are thinking so much, you're worrying about so many things that it kind of stops you from taking action or at least positive action. Yeah, I know for me, like analysis paralysis happens when like I am constantly looking at like page views or like how certain things are how my engagement's doing how things are going like how many listeners we even have like things like that and I'm like okay well things are dropping off now I don't want to do this now I don't want to do that now I'm not going to do that well this didn't do well so like I'm not going to do that again and it's like then it gets you to that point that you stop doing anything because you're just over analyzing all of these things and all of these moving components instead of just like the whole just start like, you know what I mean? Like, that's part of the, like, analysis paralysis is, like, just you stop thinking that starting is even, like... A possibility. Yeah, exactly. Well, great example. This <laughs> podcast wouldn't have happened if Jocelyn started because I had analysis paralysis. We talked about it. And, almost a year. Oh, my gosh, yeah. And I just could not decide to start because I was like, we need this and that and that and that and that. And Jocelyn's like, fuck it. Like... 
let's just go. And yeah. I was worried about microphones and having a setup and places to do it and soundproofing. And she was just like, nope, I found somebody. <laughs> yeah. And then even after that stopped and we really like the schedules just didn't line up for studio time. What did we do? We moved to your closet, which is where we're sitting right now. I know, which is, like, super humbling because, like, once we do get good mics and things like that and a camera and, like, we're able to show you guys, like, our faces, which will be kind of weird but also kind of exciting, um, we'll be able to really, like, have that humbling experience of, like, hey, this is where we fucking started. We had studio time and then we had to, like, studio time to line up, so we had to figure it out, which is, like, one of my favorite phrases, just something I say a lot to myself is, like, I'll figure it out. And here we are sitting in the closet with some soundproofing, a friggin' down comforter above <laughs> us because it, it blocks my, I have really high ceilings in my apartment. So like it blocks all the noise from going up and, and some, some lights. lights and that's, and, and, and a Yeti mic, which, you know, we're hoping that we'll be able to get mics soon, but it's obviously like bringing content is way more important and just doing it than being making sure you have all of this yeah the, the moving parts the paralysis can definitely stop you i don't think i ever when i was picturing having a podcast i never <laughs> thought we'd be sitting in the closet just like hey oh on some on some meditation pillows, pillows. <laughs> just hanging out like yeah. i always saw like everything you see on a podcast the studio the mics with the stands and like just mm-hmm. having the whole audio visual already set up and like if you didn't start it i would have held off and I'm so glad that we didn't yeah yeah I think not only is it been great to get these conversations that we have out to listeners but it's been great for our friendship as well oh absolutely 100% so getting even deeper oh my god stop like I'm not even ready for the next diving deep I'm already emotional (laughs) all right so before I dive in I am going to preface this by saying that I'm going to deal with I think overthinking has this connotation about being like bad inherently Mm -hmm. bad um but I don't want to make it like that so I'm really going to balance it out I'm going to talk about like the more like researchy type stuff um and then also my experience because I'm definitely an overthinker yeah yeah same (laughs) Alyssa did most of our research for this episode because there's been a whole lot of moving parts in my life right now and sadly I needed the support and she came through like a champ so she's gonna do a lot of the talking and I'm gonna just do like the oh mm -hmm, yep that's absolutely right (laughs) yeah uh as a very avid overthinker I went ham on this so this might be a little bit of a longer episode just as a heads up so I have some questions that arose when I did my research um and it was have you said any of these things so I relive embarrassing moments in my head repeatedly. Yep. <laughs> I have trouble sleeping because it feels like my brain won't shut off. This one's a number one for me. Mm. It just doesn't shut off. Yeah. Yep. Um, I ask myself a lot of what if questions. I spend a lot of time thinking about the hidden meanings in things people say or events that happened. I rehash conversations I've had with people in my mind and think about all the things I wish I had or hadn't said. Man, does this come around for me because I always leave conversations. I'm like, oh, I could have had a better, a funnier thing, a a better, like, retort or something. Like, I should have said that instead of this. This one's a hard one for me. Yeah, mine is uh, the arguments in the shower I have with myself. Um. <laughs> Do you have external conversations with yourself? Oh my in the god! Shower? If there's no one home, absolutely. If people are home, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like more quiet. But like, if no one's home, like, yeah, I get into some like 
heated debates with myself. <laughs> I've had some arguments with people, and then I leave to go shower just to like calm myself down. And I either one cry, but two, I'm usually like, mm. oh, I should have said this and that. Oh my god, I fucking said this and that. Mm. Yeah, and I get so angry about it. Yeah, yep, yep. It's the it's the shower debates for me. <laughs> um, six is I constantly relive my mistakes. Uh, when someone says or acts in a way I don't like, I keep replaying it in my mind. This one can sometimes stick with me as well. I'll just keep repeating what they said to me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm not aware of what is going on around me because I'm dwelling on things that happened in the past or worrying about things that might happen in the future. I spend a lot of time worrying about things I have no control over and I can't get my mind off of my worries. Mm. Does any of this sound familiar to you guys? <laughs> Because it does for me. <laughs> it does for me. And it's funny because I'm currently reading this book and I've been reading it for like a year now because it's it's a relatively short book. I want to say it's like under 300 pages, but it is packed with so much research and so many things that like you have to take time to apply them to your life. And a lot of the stuff in this book is like it's all about like pretty much overthinking and like how to work on those moments where it's creating like a physical reaction and like how to overcome that and I've definitely applied like a lot of the techniques more recently and I'll probably put a link in the description for the book just because I think the name of the book is coming alive and I think a lot of coming alive for overthinkers is releasing a lot of that worry Absolutely. I think overthinking can have a positive effect in your life, but it can also lead to some like negative or detrimental practices. Like if you're so caught up in all of your thoughts that you're not paying attention to the things that are going on in your life or it's detracting from those things, it can be very um, hurtful to your mental health. Not only your mental health, but like those external relationships that maybe you're not paying enough attention to because you're so caught up in yourself, which I think people can have a skewed vision of like what getting caught up in yourself looks like and can be very negative which it's not always negative what does caught up with yourself look like for you caught up for myself looks a lot like I don't check in with myself I'm not journaling um I'm not taking care of myself in any physical way whatsoever like I went an entire before we went to our tea party mm -hmm. I did not even take a shower for an entire week and I was like without even realizing that that was something that I wasn't doing and then it was like I was like oh shit I really should shower today before we go do this thing and then I was like when was the last time I showered and I was like Monday and I was like whoa I was like wow okay and that was like I was like all right I'm physically not taking care of myself that's like where I'm really like caught up in what's going on inside mentally that like the physical body doesn't actually exist. <laughs> yeah, you do a lot of internal processing. I'm a huge internal processor. That's why I like journaling because it, it's an external but internal way of processing my emotions and being able to like reread it and be like, whoa, I didn't realize that's where I actually was at either. Yeah, I don't journal per se. I mean, I have, but I don't, I'm not very written. I'm very like internal, verbal. My, my thoughts, oh my gosh, I feel like, can I just talk about this, just a little side mm. segment? When I found out that people don't always hear their own thoughts. Oh, that fucking blew my mind. I was like, are you fucking shitting me? Blew like, my mind. I'm what? like, you don't have like three voices in your head going all the time having a conversation? Because like, I do. Am I like schizophrenic? <laughs> like, I definitely like had those moments of thinking like, is something wrong with me? 
I just thought I was like, sometimes I view my life like absolutely outside of my body, but still within my own mind. Mm-hmm. Like I have my my line of thinking and I hear my voice. Mm-hmm. And then I have like my other like, what I would say third party person that's yeah. like giving me the outside in, <laughs> on the inside. Yeah. And I'm like, is that, that's not normal to other people. No. Like other people just don't even process things before they, like they don't see, I see words before I speak them as well. Mm. So like. People Mine don't have words. that. Mine are pictures, usually. I don't have, like, Some people words. aren't even visual thinkers. They just spit words without even, like... I'm like, where, you don't see it. It doesn't come up for you. You just absolutely just happens, and then you just speak the words. I'm like, what the hell? I know. My ex was that way. My One of my exes, he was not a... Like, I was like, do you have, like, an internal monologue? He goes, a what? And I was like, um, a uh, what? You don't even know what that is? He was like, no. And I was like, you don't... You're not constantly having a conversation with yourself 24-7. I have a, solo- a soliloquy, like, all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, he was like, no. Is this distressing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I It's definitely part of, like, the overthinking brain, I feel like, that internal monologue. And I feel like I hear about more women having it than men, and I don't know how true that is, but I definitely... Actually, it hasn't been proven, but there have been some studies and articles that say that women experience overthinking more than men, hmm. but it hasn't been proven. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they they have done studies where they say that women say twice as many words as men, and that's... again. Well, I, I think agree with that. Well, men have few words. Yeah, and I, but again, I think that comes from that overthinking brain. Like, I think you can kind of relate it back to that. Yeah, overthinking also has a connotation of having like a higher IQ because you're constantly thinking about all these things and your mm. thoughts are constantly moving. So I think you just um, encounter more situations because you're constantly thinking about things. Mm-hmm. All right, so I was not able to find much about overthinkers in relationships, mm. but this is just my experience and take on it. Um, an overthinker in a relationship is going to be a worrier. Whatever degree that is, some people are like worry about smaller things and some people are constantly worrying about everything um which also lines up with hyperfixation. you're fixated on you know fixing things or getting it out right away and not having arguments like you're constantly thinking about at least something that's happening in your relationship do you feel that way oh yeah uh my spouse and i had a whole conversation about this in the beginning of our relationship before we were even actually like dating like before we were boyfriend and girlfriend because I had had a hard time expressing things that were wrong in the relationship or like problems I was having because I was like constantly overthinking like this conversation is going to go so bad. He's going to break up with me like this isn't going to even going to work anymore because I feel this way. And like I am constantly trying to fix something before it's even really a problem. And that was a huge problem for him because he's like, you're trying to fix something that you don't even know is a problem yet. And like, that's like and I was like but it's so hard for me because I'm constantly thinking about all the things that could go wrong and I'm trying to make sure that like I this is gonna sound kind of terrible but like I position myself and fix myself in a way that that problem doesn't arise so you're like a preventative worrier oh yeah (laughs) Yeah. I, I can understand that though I definitely have some of those thoughts like I know I've mentioned it before on the podcast but I I will like think about a scenario all out before I even consider starting it. Yeah. And like how I'm going to encounter somebody or like flirt with somebody or start the day. Like any conversation I have, I've already played it through like yeah. multiple times in my head. Yeah. And that's, what I think, where my thoughts. So I'm like thinking about all oh, goes to my next point. Worst case scenario. You're all mm. usually thinking about the worst case scenario. Like what's the worst that can happen? How can I overcome it? Da, 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 da. Like 
you are always thinking about the worst and best out outcome that you mm-hmm. could have in the pro and like maybe coming up with a solution if possible. Yeah, most of the time I'm always like the solution. I'm very like instant gratification, solution oriented. Like I want to get things resolved as quickly as possible, and like I know that that's not a that, that's not realistic because like sometimes sometimes the solution isn't that simple. Like it has to be something that you work on kind of constantly. Um, and I actually just, I think I sent you a TikTok about this, or maybe I just happened to see it, but it was about a couple that was like, okay, drop the content. And I, it, the, the whole context of it was, I think it plays more definitely for overthinkers and people with anxiety and relationships because it talks about, okay, you're, it, they got mad about how the fact that you didn't walk the dog or you didn't do this or that you didn't do that. And it's like, okay, drop the content. What is actually the problem? Well, I don't feel like you showed up for me today. I don't feel like you took care of me in a way that I needed it today. And so, like, it's dropping the content to understand, like, what the actual problem is. Oh, like, getting to the root of the issue and yeah. dropping the context around the situation. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah, the situation's going to change. It's not about the fact that they didn't do the dishes. It's not about the fact that they didn't take the dog out. It's about the fact that they didn't show up for you the way that you needed them to you that needed day. the support. Right. Exactly. I got you. No, I didn't see that video, but that's a great insight. I I don't, maybe I didn't send it to you, but it's definitely been showing up more on my feed lately. Um, And I think it's obviously because I'm liking it a lot. So, and it's definitely like they're in, they're in therapy, like relationship therapy. And like, I'm like, oh, I need to like, that's something I need to think for myself. Like, okay, what am I really mad about? Am I mad that like this person didn't do this? Or am I mad that I feel like I wasn't validated in a way that I should have been or that Mm. I wasn't actually, like, heard? Most of the time, it's just the fact that, like, you don't feel heard. You don't feel like you were supported. Mm -hmm. You don't feel validated. Like, those are, like, just basic human things that we all need. That's why we crave community and we crave being in relationships and having interpersonal connections. So, yeah, I was definitely like, oof, this is really good. Oh, that's interesting. I'd love to do, like, a whole topic on, like, like a whole episode on, like, dropping the content and, like, the content and the context and getting to, like, the root problem. I'd love to do a whole episode Well, on I that. think that'll go hand in hand because I thought you were going to go in a different direction. Okay. Where were, like, I actually just I saw go? a different video um, from Jay Shetty, and he was talking about how people process things differently. Mm. Like, I'm a person that needs to take space, and I have, like, I get quiet. But, like, other people, I think you might be more like this, where you, like, want to fix it right away. You want to talk about it all right away. And some people don't work like that. So mm-hmm. you can get a lot of um, conflict if mm-hmm. you have two different communication styles. So I think oh, that kind of goes that, hand in hand. Is that, does that also play around the video that I sent you that I was like, oh, we should definitely do a, a topic about this, where it was, like, the... Um, the one I just hearted this morning, probably. Pro- I think so. I the think the banana it was. peels and the trash. Yes. Yes. Why are, yes. So it was basically around the fact of like you, like one person is asking a question just to kind of like understand what happened and see if there's a way to fix it, and then someone else is like, just tell me how you want it done. Yeah, there's askers and guessers. That's just what to it keep is. It the shorthand. I just saw it this morning, so yeah. obviously Good. I know more. <laughs> but yeah, we, I definitely wanted to do a topic on that because it was interesting. Um, askers are usually more direct mm-hmm. and guessers are a little bit more like um, understated. They indirectly ask. Like, I think the example they used was parking. Like, a guesser would say, oh, I need to go to the airport today. Mm. Um, I, I hate how the parking's always so busy. Mm-hmm. Thinking that you're going to offer up a ride. A ride. Yeah. Where an asker would be like, hey, I'm going to the airport on Thursday. Do Can you, you give me a ride? Yep. Yeah, I am very more direct. 
I'm much more of like a direct person. Like I want to get to the root of the problem. I want to fix things now because like, and I think that comes because I am such an overthinker that like, if we don't fix this problem, I'm going to let this boil over into other areas of my relationships that aren't necessary. Like it doesn't like this problem is going to stir up all of these other things. So if I just fix this one problem, it's not going to stir up all these other problems. Like I'm not going to try to talk about all of these problems at once. Yeah, I think that can be hard, especially for the overthinkers, to just deal with the problem at hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my partner experiences the same thing, too, because, you know, sometimes it, you do have everything that's encompassing because you've thought about all of it already. Everything's mm-hmm. gotten connected, and now you've spent time. That's why the speaking up within, you know, you feel it for 24, you speak up within 48 is so yeah. important. Um, because if you don't get it out and address it right away, then it festers and it becomes something bigger. And then when you do have that conversation, you an overthinker is going to spill it all out. Yeah, and you have, like, as an overthinker, you pull all of these things that are like, well, this was a problem, this was a problem, this was a problem, and this was a problem. And I want now, like, now I have, like, I'm bringing to you six problems instead of just, like, dealing with the one problem. Yeah, I feel like you have to... As an overthinker, you have to try to stay more present-minded mm-hmm. and just think about <laughs> and hard. deal right away. It is definitely hard. It's it's, it's <laughs> Doing it versus just thinking about doing it is a lot harder than it looks. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Um, so, also in a relationship, I feel like everyone, rem- overthinkers, remember everything. Because your brain is constantly going, mm-hmm. you almost have, like, a diary of everything that's happened and occurred. So I think that this can lead to remembering all the good, bad, and ugly, mm, um, as well sure. as being a little bit more stubborn or, or resentful in argument sometimes. Not for, not everybody, but I, for one, just feel like I can be a little bit more stubborn or like defensive about it because mm. my um, story, I guess that you want to say, like my side of things doesn't line up with my partner's experiences all the time. Mm. Like they may may have felt something totally different than what I saw, but I'm like, but I remember what you said and that's not how it happened. And you want to like defend it, but you have to be like, no, I'm invalidating their story at that point. Like that's their side of things. And I need to acknowledge their hurt before I can, you know, I shouldn't be taking that just because I remember that I told them on Tuesday that I needed to go to somewhere and they forgot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Do you get stuck? Are you stubborn in an argument? Do you remember everything? I don't feel as though I'm stubborn. And I think that's because I'm not always fully present. So, like, I don't always remember everything because I'm not fully present. But I think I get really resentful if, like, I've said something and you tell me you're going to do something and then you don't do it. I get really resentful. I'm like, I'm I'm a person of, like, you do something, you say you're going to do something, do it. And if you don't, I'm going to remember that you said you were going to do it and that you didn't. I, uh, I, I'm very big on the, the more resentful side of things than, like, stubborn. Because it stems from, like, I've asked and asked and asked for so many things in different relationships and then don't – I'm not heard. So, like, if I'm not going to be heard, I'm going to be an independent bitch and I'll just fucking handle it myself and self. I don't need you. That's where I go. Yeah. Like I get like I get petty okay. and resentful. Like that's I get I go the opposite. I'm not so much like I'm stubborn in a way that like I don't ask for help because if I've asked for help and you don't show up, I'm good. I don't want it. I'm not gonna ask you for things. Uh, yeah, I have felt that because it's the hyper independency thing. That's exactly what I like. That's I'm like thinking of situations in my head and I'm like, I've asked for this, I've asked for that. Like 
oh, I've made plans for this day with this person multiple times to do this certain thing and then people don't show up or or it's like, oh, I have to cancel but never reschedule and I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm never going to rely on you. So I have a question. Do you bring it up when the person isn't doing the uh, sort of action or request that you're looking for? Like, okay, you've talked to the person and been like, hey, I need X from you and when they're not doing X, do you bring that conversation back up or do you just drop it? I just drop it. I'm not going to talk about it more than once. Like, if I've asked you to do something and you don't do it, I'm does out. That, does that build resentment Oh, God, you? yeah. Oh, fuck, yeah. That's why I have daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> I did not expect that. So I have daddy issues. Like, I'll ask you to do something. If you don't show up the way that you said, yeah, 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 don't worry about it, I'll do that. I'm out. I'm not going to ask you to do it again. Because I've asked you to do it once. You don't do it. I'm good. I'm not going to continually ask you to do something. And I think that's because I'm really present in the fact in that way of like, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. And it's regardless of if I have to set like a reminder a thousand times for myself, it's going to happen. This is so hard because I think I can see both sides. I absolutely see both sides. I was going to say, I feel like I need to play devil's advocate for a moment because I totally get um, asking somebody once and hoping and expecting them to do it because you shouldn't have to ask more than once is the idea. But I also get, because my partner is like this, and it just, like, leaves his brain. Like, sometimes he just honestly forgets, and you do have to check in with your partner to be like, hey, I'm noticing that you're not performing, you know, the behaviors that I'm looking for. Can we check back in? This is what I need from you. How can we come up with a solution that works for both of us so that I know you're forgetful, but, like, you need to also remember. Yeah. And sometimes, it, I do, sometimes I'm like, see, I don't want to deal with this. I just, no, I'll fucking yeah. do it myself. Fuck you. Go yeah. away. Yeah, and I, it's definitely that, like, hyper-independence. But it's also, for me, it's, again, it's like, okay, if I have to repeat myself, it's that, it's it's not it's not the content. It's about the underlying issue. If I have to say it more than twice, more than once, I don't feel heard. Mm. That's what it's about. It's about, I don't feel heard. You didn't listen the first time. And that's a problem. I think it's okay to have your independency and kind of drop the situation, but I think you have to also acknowledge, especially as an overthinker, that you cannot allow your thoughts to build that resentment. Mm -hmm. You've decided that you are going to be independent and not let it be a problem, so now you need to decide, okay, it's not a problem, and I shouldn't have to bring this up to my partner. I've said it once. He didn't do it. I've now decided I'm going to take care of it myself. I will take care of it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's... That for me has been something more recently I've been able to like, okay, I asked you to do something, you don't do it, that's fine, and I, I'll i drop it, and I'll just handle it myself. Like, I've definitely gotten a lot better about not being resentful about the fact that someone didn't show up in the way that they said they were going to. Yeah. And then if I feel like it still is a problem later, I'm like, hey, I'm feeling like X, Y, and Z, and like, I feel like I had, like, you haven't been hearing me, and I... I know that's not the case because I know, like, you also have your own fucking life. <laughs> like, every, each of us do, even if the the lives are intermingled, right? Especially mm-hmm. in a relationship. Like, Absolutely. That's where I'm like, okay. That's why I think the Coming Alive book has been really good because the one that I've been using more recently is, like, uh, I had a friend not say happy birthday specifically. Like, I'll use this situation. And I got really upset about it. And then I was like, you know what? It's fine. We all have our own lives. She's got a fuck shit ton of plate stuff on her plate right now. So I'm going to release this to mother. The whole point is like basically having a conversation with like your mom and like getting it all on the table and your mom just kind of being the person to just like, 
nod at you the entire time yeah exactly so like it was like one of those things that like that's the whole like kind of premise or at least the way I took it I mean I'm sure everyone's gonna read the book and probably think something totally different but for me it was like okay I vented it out and I was like okay it's not a problem so you just like release it to mother and I'm like okay I release this situation to mother and I'm not gonna let it bother me and I'm not gonna let it change our friendship because I also understand that like she's human and my birthday is a big deal to me but that doesn't mean it has to be a big deal to her but and that's okay and yeah. I have to be okay with I mean, that. It's your hope as a friend that she would Absolutely. remember. But everyone does. I mean, the brain, the internal monologue thing is why I connected back. Is like everyone is so different, and mm-hmm. everyone processing things differently, and they have more importance. Importance. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Has what's important to them and their standards of like what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think with overthinking that's a great method because Mm -hmm. now you have you have all those thoughts swirling around let's get it out there to mother I I don't think mother nature me personally I read that but I like that because then you're venting it out and you can decide okay I'm gonna let go of these thoughts and it's not gonna bother me anymore or no it is actually a problem what am I gonna do with it yeah because ultimately you have choices Mm -hmm. you can decide to either leave that friendship address it with that person you have to decide what you want to do next. Yeah, and I think that was where I sat. I was like, okay, either I can release this and let it go and recognize that, like, she does have so much going on right now, and that's okay, or I can get really mad and really resentful, and we can have a fight, and I can let an almost eight-year relationship go right down the fucking drain. And I was like, I don't want that. Like, I already don't have enough friends as it is. (laughs) Like, I don't want to release this person that I have such a wonderful relationship with. On every other term. And this one year, she forgot my birthday. One out of eight. That's not a bad record. I'm sorry. And I was like, okay, I have to recognize that, like, okay, that's okay. It's okay. And it's also okay to drop that friend if that's what you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's your decision in the end, and you have to be okay with that decision. You can't constantly be thinking, like, I regret this decision, I regret this decision, I regret this decision once it's made. I think that's why it's important as an overthinker. You have... You have to also acknowledge that with all those thoughts going on, you have the choice ultimately as what to do, what you decide to do next. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, you're always going to encounter a lot of people and all their different processing methods and what their all their actions. But you ultimately decide what you do. Mm-hmm. And I think that brings up a good point about like an overthinker. We can always, like you said earlier, see the other side of things. I think that's also why overthinkers really like psychology. <laughs> Like, we get really invested in it, and we get really invested in seeing someone else's perspectives, and I know you and I are big on this. We're like, oh, well, like, wait, why do you think that way? Like, that's kind of where this this whole podcast has come from. Like, we want to understand other people's perspectives, especially in our own relationship. So, like, we know how important it is to understand the other side of things. Yes, but I think you can also get lost in the sea of neutrality, if mm. that's a word. If, I don't know if that's a word. I'm making it a word. <laughs> But you become, you see so many different sides of things that you're not able to, like, form an an opinion Mm. or a decision. And that's where that paralysis comes back into play because it stops you from deciding what to do next. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's my research half. I'm going to jump into my experiences. I'm clearly an overthinker. (laughs) Just these notes alone are showing that. But my experience as an overthinker, one, just so you know, I am a visual thinker. I see pictures. I see words as they come out of my mouth. I like the stream of consciousness is just totally there. My internal mm-hmm. monologue is very visual. Um, my thoughts also move 
much faster than my mouth, which I think we get a lot of on this podcast. We get like an inside look into that because yeah. it happens all the time when we're stuttering over words. I think we cut it out, but uh, on the last episode of Hot Takes, we were so amped up and just getting like so hot to trot that Jocelyn slipped a word out and I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> take it back a second. Uh, I think you need to rethink that sentence. Your brain is moving real fast. And I was like, that is not what I meant. And she was instantly like, yeah, I know. That's why I stopped you. <laughs> exactly. And so usually what happens for me is that the wrong word comes out of my mouth. Like um, a lot of times as an overthinker, I pick up other people's conversations. Oh so God. someone will be talking about like maple trees or something like that. And I will start typing maple trees, yeah. even though I didn't mean to start writing mm-hmm. it. I just subconsciously like, okay, because my brain's always going on two different thoughts. Yeah. My brain and, and mouth are on way different. There's that whole, there's, like, literally two people in my brain, like, thing. Like, there's this person who's, like, having a thought, and then this person who's speaking. They're two different people. Yeah. I, I also encounter this when I have, because I have social anxiety. So, a lot of times when I'm talking to somebody, again, I'm also body language happy, too. So, I'll be like watching somebody as I'm talking to them and then my brain stops thinking about what I'm actually saying and talking about and it'll be thinking about how that person's looking at me or like oh my god they're staring at me and they don't think I'm they're not smiling or anything and they're not thinking I'm funny and da, 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 da. and my brain will stop and then I'm like what the hell was I just saying I just blurted out a bunch of things I don't remember saying and that can be dangerous <laughs> very very dangerous or I just like lose my train of thought like I remember talking to one of my friends about like we were talking about show recommendations and I was like really interested and then I like started to speak on it and I was like uh I don't remember what I was talking about (laughs) the other thing I have is like my thoughts are very hard to turn off again my brain does not stop running and this sucks when I'm sleeping. Mm-hmm. You know when you get, like, you drink too much water and then you, like, have to pee and you wake yourself up because you gotta pee? Yeah. Getting back I don't, to sleep is awful. That's exactly. My brain, as soon as it's up, it's like, okay, we're going to pee. We're just gonna be up in a minute and then we're gonna go back to bed and da, da, da. And then as soon as my brain starts running, like, sleep is the only peace I get from my sleep. And even then, sometimes it sucks because my dreams are there and that's oh, what's keeping so my line of subconscious. Vivid. I always think of, um, you know the brain meme where yeah, like it's just like brain. silence we're like okay we're gonna go to bed and it's like have you ever thought about i don't know dinosaur eggs and whatever yeah and you're like chicken and the egg like and then your brain's just like oh i'm awake <laughs> it's like fuck i did that the other night i had every intention of like going to bed at a decent hour i was like in bed it's like 10 o'clock i was like wow this is the first time i'm going to actually in bed before 10 and i can i'm like lights out before 10 and i was like cool before I knew it, it was fucking 1 a.m. And I was like, I'm still staring at the same fucking ceiling. And I was like, well, I've listened to Headspace twice, two stories. And those are 45 minutes apiece, and I'm still awake. So um, I'm just going to get up and start doing some work. And I fell asleep in the middle of work. And it was because my brain got to focus on one thing, not a million. And then I was able to just zonk. That's, that's why, like... I like to have a dark room and nothing and I don't put the TV on. I don't try to read because then I'll become invested in the storyline yeah. and then I just won't, my brain won't stop thinking about things. That's why I don't read nonfiction before bed or I don't. 
read I don't, fiction. I don't read fiction before bed. I was going to say, nonfiction, I'll fall asleep. That's uh, why I read nonfiction before bed. That's why I read... 1962. Well, and, and that's why I read things like psychology articles before bed, because those will be like, okay, they're interesting, but like at some point, sometimes the jargon gets so much that I'm like, I don't know what any of that I don't know. <laughs> gone and i'm like fuck yes so like sometimes that's why i think i like self-help books because they help to like ease my mind and get me to a point that like i can just pass out yeah i even used to read uh i used to read i used to listen to music Mm. when i couldn't fall asleep and even that sometimes like sometimes it would work and sometimes it wouldn't because i was so focused on the lyrics because i'm a lip syncer so then i'd be like that's why i love lo-fi i'm a lo-fi girl because i can't there's no lyrics I know, but my brain is so intricate mm. that I will start humming the the tune, mm-hmm. and that's then my brain—that's my stream of consciousness as an overthinker. Like, and I'm like jamming out, and now I'm not thinking about going to bed. Yeah, yeah, that's why I I think I like the stories on Headspace simply because they actually like start off with you doing a lot of deep breathing in the beginning, and usually that like ten minutes of deep breathing that they have you do is like what will put me to sleep because it's actually the fact that like it's it's basically meditation before bed and like I'm meditating and then I just pass out in the middle of the meditating which is perfection that is what I do I I call it counting sheep because that's what I think of yeah um, I either visualize actual sheep jumping over a small fence or I am counting down from 100 because mm. I never get past, like, 50 unless it's a really bad night. Mm. And I have to take – I do it on each breath. So I'm like, 100, 99, yeah. Yeah. 98. And, and I'm, like, so slow. And I'm keeping my stream of consciousness on that and focusing on that that I start to fall asleep because my breathing has now lined up. And that's yeah. – your breath slows when you start to fall asleep. I was going to say, and I think that's the other big part about it is this, your breath. Like, your breath slows down when you sleep as a whole. Mm-hmm. So then when you actually slow it down before sleep, that really helps. Absolutely. Agreed. Um, so the other thing I have when my brain is hard to turn off my thoughts is sometimes I need a lot of focus during sex. I think even when I'm like... like we're talking about masturbating, even just re- like sex in general. Your your consciousness is just da, 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 da. I need to do that. I need to do that. Ba, 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 ba. That like you're not even thinking about the the pleasure and the experience that you're having, mm-hmm. and so you kind of have to like focus again on the actions. That's what you have to think about. Yeah. So like, I need a lot of for me in sex. I need a lot of sensual. Like it's got to be like I need a lot of touching. I need like. There has to be certain smells. Like, if there's a TV going on in the background, like, forget it. I'm not here. I'm watching the TV while we fuck. Like, it's it's really bad. Like, okay, I so can't. somebody else's experience. <laughs> I'm, like, watching Law & Order while I'm on top. Yeah, like, I, and I'm not enjoying it. So, like, it, there has to be, like, it's got to be, like, music only or nothing in the background. There, Like, there's got to be a candle. Or, like, if I we just cook fish, like, forget it. I'm not fucking after I cook fish in the house because all I'm going to smell is fish. And then I'm gonna be like, wow, that's gross. And I'm be like, oh, does my does does the kitty cat smell like fish? And then like, there it goes, gone. Like orgasm, horny, turned on this, gone. So yeah, I that's why I was like, I'm interested to see what you have to say. When we were doing the like pre-show and she was going over this with me, I was like, she was like, oh, can you want me to explain it to you? I was like, no, because I want to see if that's I'm the, the same topic. Way. Actually. <laughs> yeah, I just focus. You have to stay focused during sex. Mm-hmm. I think to get yourself to a climax. 
as an overthinker, shut your brain off, think about the actions. I think a lot of like your part, I think you need to discuss with your partner also about that sensuality that you need, the touching, the kissing, the, the no background stuff. Yeah. Like talk with your partner and be open about it. I yeah. know it's kind of awkward because you're like, you know, I am really attracted to you, but my brain just like travels off to some far distant place. You're not focused on the act. Mm-mm. And there's nothing like when we say this, it really isn't something to be like negative. Yeah. It's not like, as, as a partner. Please don't take it that way. Yeah. Like, it is just my brain constantly running. Right, right. And that's why, like, I think, you know, even for me sometimes, like, having the lights on during sex is sometimes a no-no because, like, I'm seeing, like, all the things I need to clean up. I'm seeing, like, oh, I got to do this or, oh, oh, the sheet has a stain on it. I got to change those. Like, it's, like, those sort of things, like, just start running through my brain. So, like, sometimes lights off isn't a thing where I don't want to see you it's that I can't see anything else or I'm not going to be engaged right now yeah or even if you had like a body insecurity having the lights on now you're like looking at yourself in the mirror I've done that before I've had I I, I'm gonna open myself up to you guys I do like looking at myself in the mirror while we're having sex Mm -hmm. (laughs) but sometimes you're just like oh my face looks weird what the hell what is that or if the mirror is not positioned right because like I don't have like a mirror that goes across a whole wall I have just like a corner mirror so it's like if it's the wrong angle I'm like oh god I can see like all my rolls and I'm like no what shut it off shut the lights off I turn away I can't look in the mirror can we turn around thanks (laughs) like I I 100% get it yeah, I would definitely recommend open and honest discussions with your partner about that if you do experience that need to focus during yeah. sex. Yeah, and especially, like, especially about sex. Like, we're always like, oh, make sure you're always communicating. But, like, that means about what your needs are in the bedroom, especially along the overthinking brain. <laughs> yeah, and just remind your partner that, like, you are trying to achieve each other's pleasure, and, and that is the most important part. It has yeah. nothing to do with lack of attraction or anything like that. It's just how my brain works. Yep. Um, so the other thing I have with my thoughts being not being able to turn off is that I can't help but imagine terrible scenarios. Um, so like my brain will piece together scenes that I've seen before and even if I've never seen them before. So this is what you wanted me to explain to you. Um, it's a little morbid. So again, a worst case scenario thinker sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I will give you an easier scenario before I bring the next one. Um, I So, holding a baby. I've held babies before. I've babysitted my nephews and yeah. my nieces. I've held a baby plenty of times. But does my brain not still think about that I possibly could drop the baby? Oh, my God. You too? I think everybody does, and that's why it kind of scares people. <laughs> but, like, I can't help but think about it. And sometimes my brain is fed by the things that I've seen. So, like... Think about all the times you've seen horror movies or blood or people being stabbed, shot. Watch those things. <laughs> all of those things stay in my brain. Yeah. And so then I'm thinking about my visual brain is thinking about dropping the baby and what's gonna happen, and I freak out. Yep. <laughs> I just saw a mom do like talk about this the other day. She's like, "Do you ever?" Uh, if this, she was like, "Shout out to all the moms. Do you ever think when you're walking down the stairs that you could possibly just trip and kill your baby because you landed on it?" And I'm like, "Oh." my god why has that been an actual thought that like as a nanny i have fucking had and i'm like it's no. the worst case scenario like, it is it is it goes back like you're very much right it is like the worst case like you're going back to what's the worst that could happen and how can i prevent that yeah and the other one that i commonly have i just had this this week um is roadkill i'm i'm an animal person i've done wild rehabilitation courses and stuff like that and so I'm very animal based I want to save anything that's on the side of the road that I can da 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 
And so, like, my eyes immediately go to anything on the side of the road, and then I get sad about it because then I see the dead animal on the side of the road, and then I'm thinking about how the poor thing got hit or the blood, and I'm like, oh, no, 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 that, and my brain just visualizes all of that. Okay, so I have a question for you. Like, have you ever thought, like, when you're driving, and this is, like, because we're on the topic of driving, ever, like, oh, I could just, like, totally swerve my car into the next lane and fucking run this person off the road. And I'm like, whoa, 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 bro, what? I'm like, don't do that. Don't, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, but, like, we could. I don't don't know if I've ever had that exact thought, but I do think about, like, when I'm getting sleepy, I'm like, what if I just drive off the road and then I I spiral my car and then I'm upside down and my seatbelt's buckled in? Or, like, if I'm, if I fall bridges, when I cross bridges... I will think about if I swerved into the guardrail on accident and then I tumbled down either a mountain or into the water and then I'm like, oh my God, then I got to break the window and then I'm like thinking about all the, all the seatbelt and then I don't have my seatbelt cutter anymore and oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And like that just, oof, my thoughts go skyrocketing and that's where the overthinking really comes into play. Like you can't help but run out every scenario. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's why I was like, have you ever had the thoughts where you're like, I mean, sometimes when I'm like sitting at dinner, I'm like, oh, I could take this like knife and just like put it in someone's throat. And I'm like, whoa, bro, what? (laughs) Like, like, where did that come from? I'm like, is that like self-defense? Like, am I like thinking about like if I have to defend myself or is this like actually like a valid thought that I'm like, I could kill someone? (laughs) It's so weird because like I am. I would never, I'm a pacifist. If yeah. you guys don't know that, I, I'm not a violence person. I don't use it. None of that. I've never been into a fight, anything. I could be the kindest person and the most pacifistic. Another new word. Person. That, but I still have some of those thoughts. Like I said, the dropping the baby, the roadkill thing. Like, people, I get dreams where I, like, get stabbed or someone stab. you know, I stab somebody else. Like, I don't think about those thoughts, but I think we also become desensitized by all of the stuff mm. that we are in, like, intaking into our brain. Like, all of the, the, the crime shows I watch, all the movies, the horror movies, like, it's ingrained in your brain, and so then it just comes into your consciousness. Mm, that's really true. I didn't think about it like that, but yeah, we definitely are really desensitized to a lot of things, and then how, it just, like, comes up. That's why I say it, because how would I ever know what slicing someone's throat looks like if I hadn't watched it in a movie? Whoa. Wait, what? These are the things that I think about, people. You just broke my brain. <laughs> what? That, But that's what, as a visual thinker and an overthinker, that is what I see. Because how would I ever have known what that looks like? I watched Dexter. You ever seen Dexter? No. It's about a, a guy who's a, he's a serial killer. But, but he, he does also it, works with the cops, right? N- he does, but he's also like, he only kills bad people. But, like, that entire show is about how to, like, murder people and chop people up and stuff. Like, how would I ever know what that looks like if I hadn't watched that? How would you ever... I specifically was thinking about, like, killing somebody with a pencil. The only time I ever saw that was in John Wick. But I was like, now I know how to kill somebody with a pencil. That's what I'm saying. You know how to cook (laughs) meth because you watch Breaking Bad. Like, all of these things come into play, and it only comes up because I've watched it. Mm. And then my brain just pieces that shit together like a puzzle. And it goes, okay, I've now seen somebody hunt something, and and now I've seen an animal, and now I put those shit together, and now there's blood and everything else. And I'm like... <laughs> yeah, wow, that's fucking I never even really thought about it in that way, but <laughs> we don't a lot of us don't have any of those experiences. No. You only see it on TV or I don't know, some fictional 
character movie uh, right yeah it's book a drama like yeah it's explained to you in some way yep yeah wow no wild yeah because i was like yeah like what i would i ever think about stabbing somebody in the neck with a knife at dinner if i hadn't watched john wick stab someone in the neck with a pencil or seen any other like and you extremes. Don't, you don't plan on killing anybody, right? No. Exactly. But, oh, this was the other thought I had when you were, like, on your rant. And I was like, oh, no, 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 I'm going to let her keep going. She's going good. Um, Do serial killers watch a lot of, like, horror and things like that and then become serial killers because they're like, oh, I wonder what that feels like? Or is there, like, obviously there's more going on there, but, like, is there, is that part of it? You would really like the show that I had watched. Um, <laughs> it was about, like, interviewing serial killers. It was, oh, okay. It was based off a true story, but it's, like, how um, the actual, like, criminal psychology came to be because mm. they started interviewing serial killers. I think a lot of it comes from, like, past trauma, especially childhood Ooh, trauma. Yeah, of course. But I would love to know if that's actually, like, if someone were to do a study about if yeah. they saw it on TV so they thought it was possible. Yeah. I think, like... Was it like Craig's the Craigslist killer and stuff oh, like that? Like yeah, I think yeah. that probably stemmed more from like social media being able to have easy access to these group of like individuals. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not sure about that one. That's an interesting. Yeah, like I know, like obviously that's why I was like, there's obviously so much more going on. But like, are, were these people that were like super into like reading about the Zodiac killer and like things like that, and then just kind of were like, oh, well, like could I do that? I think that's how copycats come into play too. Ooh, okay, true. So like, there has been copycats of like the Zodiac killer, right? Yeah. Mm. Something to think about. Your thoughts at night <laughs> yeah. or your nightmares, you know. <laughs> Those overthinkers out there, enjoy that. Anyway, let's move along here. So I'm going to go into, like, the traits that I've experienced um, as an overthinker. Very productive and creative. Um, mm. Can be a little squirrel-brained at times. <laughs> like, you're just like, squirrel! And you're, like, moving on to other things. But You ever have, Usually, like, a hundred tabs open on your fucking... Oh, my God, no, but my boss does. It gives me anxiety just looking at it. Who was it? Hank Green, I think it was, on TikTok, showed that he had, like multiple browser windows of just like a hundred tabs and I was like how do you take it all in how do you take it all in I gotta close the tab as soon as I'm done or else I'll keep looking at it what no I can't like if I'm like in the middle of doing something and there's a tab and it may have something in it that I'm gonna need within my day it stays open and then it just... I save things but like oh, I think no, we no, mentioned it in a different open. <laughs> I think we mentioned it in a different episode I was talking about how my boss has like the no email rule like he mm. only looks at it in the morning oh yeah at yeah, certain yeah. times and then he just like Shuts leaves it, it alone because yeah. he'll he'll keep looking at it all day. Yeah, that's fair. That definitely. You think that's an overthinker thing? Um, or you think it's like because again, I think it's a productivity. Plays, thing. I was gonna say it plays into the productivity, but like productivity can be like about overthinking. Yeah, and plus you're also constantly getting notifications. I think the oh, cell phone yeah. and this, that <sighs> social media just like bing 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 bing. I have bing. to like when I'm working, my phone has to be in the other room. Like I have to work from my computer or my tablet, and that's it. Like I cannot be on my phone because otherwise. I actually started taking off some of the notifications that I received. Like, when we set up the Instagram, I was getting, like, the business suite and the Instagram comments. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, one of these needs to go. I also have a lot of, like, reading apps. And they'd give me, like, a bunch of notifications. And I do keep my phone right next to me while I'm at work because it's, like, my music or whatever. Yeah, your audiobooks. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, watching my screen light up, like, ten times, I'm just like, what? the hell is it? I need to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, oh my God, I'd love to also do an episode about like the social dilemma. Like I haven't seen that all the way through. Yeah. The, the, the I've, I've seen it. And like, I'd love to talk about 
you know, I think it's actually on our podcast topics, like how social media is actually affecting like mm. today, like wh- how we operate as humans. Like Absolutely. I think I think it would definitely be like a very interesting topic. Agreed. But yeah, so a little squirrel brain, but usually you're getting everything done. You're still very productive. Mm -hmm. I will bounce around from other activities, (laughs) but I still somehow get all of them done and circle back. Um, Can we circle back to that? (laughs) Usually you're a very good problem solver because you are thinking about all those scenarios, all of those ways of doing things. Yeah. um, Creative with like methods, solutions. You're usually a pretty good problem solver. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Maybe not logically, though. Do you think that plays in logically? Like, you can be, like, you could be a good problem solver, but maybe it doesn't logically make sense to do it in that way. So that Give me an example. Oh, God, I knew you were going to say that. Um, <laughs> you know me so well. I was, like, I, she's going to ask for an example, and I was, like, I don't necessarily have one, but I'm thinking, like, for me and my spouse, like, he's very logical. Me, I'm more, like, I'll solve a problem, but it may not be the most logical way to do it and he'll be like but what about this and I'm like see okay so between you and I I can come up with a problem to solve and then have some way to get there and then he'll tweak it so it's more logical than just like doing something this specific way I think an overthinker usually um, acknowledges all methods even if they're a little unorthodox so i in my opinion, like, for me, I do think lo- both logically and, like, unorthodox more creatively. Mm, and then I kind of, like, put them together and go, ooh, what's the best way I can fix this? Oh, maybe a little bit of that and a little bit of that and good sandwich. Yeah, see, I'm much more, like, the creative thinker and, like, how to solve it in a creative way. And my spouse is much more, like, the logical thinker. So, like, he'll take my creative way and be like yeah but what about like this and this and this and I'm like oh I have answers for why I'm not doing it that way but like I know that logically that might make a little more sense (laughs) you also have to kind of understand that you are trying the fact that you've identified the problem in itself is a lot yeah and then to also come up with the solution is asking a lot of yourself did you see that I sent you something yep okay I was like are you bringing up the tiktok I I am I was like oh because I definitely like that was definitely something where it was like why is it it was like about a teacher it was about teachers Mm -hmm. and it was about how the fact that like why are they the ones that have to identify the problem and then also solve the problem like it's already a lot of work mentally to identify the problem let alone also now have to be the ones to solve the problem like it should be somebody else's responsibility i.e upper management to solve the problem that you bring to the table you identified it yeah you've identified it and like yeah so that was a great way to bring that right in there (laughs) circling back i repeated that remembering everything i really do remember a lot i don't know if it's just me personally i don't have a photographic memory per se but like Mm. i remember quite a lot Mm. and sometimes that's to my advantage and sometimes that's to my disadvantage Mm. because i will remember every time you fucking cut me and i'm gonna remember it real bad See, I'll remember things like when you cut me, but I don't necessarily remember all the good things. Well, that that's I think that's where like trauma responses come in. Yes and no. Like also just like being able to cut people off. Like mm. sometimes when the, I remember so much to when the bad outweighs the good, I know I need to just like let that that ship sail. Yeah. Yeah. And that I mean that plays perfectly into the okay, she forgot my birthday one time out of eight years. Like, am I really going to let this ruin the entire relationship? Mm -hmm. Like, how many other dirty things has she done to me? Oh, not that many. So, like, really, am I going to let this be the thing that, like, 
ruins an entire eight years of friendship. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think that's that's definitely true. Yeah, I think accumulative actions and thoughts kind of play into that. Absolutely. Especially making a decision around specifically, like, cutting people off or even deciding to stop doing something over continuing to do something and, like, outweighing the good versus the bad. Yep. Um, I also think that overthinkers are usually well-developed in their self-growth because, obviously, you got plenty of time for introspection. (laughs) (laughs) You're always thinking, so clearly at some point you're going to then point the finger back at yourself and go, oh, is it me? Mm. What should I do? How am I handling that? And your thoughts just keep going. And you're like, am I the denominator in this problem? Yeah, I think that definitely leads to a lot of self-growth. I think you can agree with that. Absolutely. I mean... That somebody asked me, I don't know, I was having a conversation with someone the other day, and they were like, oh, like, what's your favorite, like, you know, book genre? And I was like, self-help. Like, self-help, and then I was like, I have to go, like, fiction afterwards? And, and I was like, it was with a, a co-worker, and I was trying not to tell them that, like, smut was, like, really my interest. Throughout, like, Spicy books. And I was just like, uh, I, I like a lot of fic. Um, but I, I love self-help they're my they're like my they're, they're, those are like my favorite I'm like oh my god this is so awkward I'm like how do I tell them that I like romance novels I'm pretty open about it on mine but it's not for everybody people that I've I don't seen, like to divulge necessarily all that to coworkers simply because I've had it bite agreed. me in the ass agreed I think it should probably stay out of the workplace if you can yeah but like I know people that have talked about like you know how, like, they have Faye, mm-hmm. um, smut books, and stuff yeah. like that? Like, yeah. Like, I like fantasy. Yeah. <laughs> Sci-fi. Yeah, I think that's how I was, like, trying to figure out how, like, what genre do I phrase this in? And I was just like, fiction. Fiction is good. Fiction covers a really large basis. So mm-hmm. I was like, I like fiction and self-help. Like, that's really, like, my genre. Um, along the self-growth, I think that overthinkers are very open and understanding because they do see all sides mm-hmm. and angles they can consider all the options yeah we play devil's advocate all the time with each other yeah absolutely and i mean uh in our hot takes one we both took a side even though we were like i, I don't really want to like take this side but like i really don't want to take that side either because like i see both sides so like then we just took we just picked a side I'm and still, we were like all right we'll just debate one side i'm definitely still against living not living <laughs> Uh, attention to detail so I see everything Um, I'm I think that's why I'm good at my job because Mm. I have a huge attention to detail I love challenging my my brain I love playing brain games I use luminosity like every single day I actually downloaded peak as well it's like the same type of app just so they can play more brain games I like memory challenging attention um, just so much, and it helps a lot to to help focus as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm great at, at where's Waldo and I spot. I can find where like Waldo anywhere. That's why I like word searches. I'm like a really big word search girl. Like those are my favorite. I mean, usually when I go on planes, like I have this word search book I've had forever because it's like it's my it's only considered my travel word search. So like it only goes on planes with me and on vacation, and like I don't do it anywhere else. <clears throat> I still have my I Spy books from when I was a kid. Oh my god, just, my cousin has out. They're so good. Yeah. I can just keep going and re like. I don't usually I give myself some time so that I forget where they are. Of course, but then I'm able to do it again. I'm like, ooh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can definitely tell you at any point when your wall hangings are crooked. That's for fucking sure. I have walked into my boss's office and other people's office at my job and like fixed their paintings for them. I'm like, hey, it's a little crooked. You should. 
just a little to the left. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm actually so good to the point where, like, in graphic design, I don't really have to... I can just see the space and be like, okay, that's centered. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. That's why I'm a fucking artist. <laughs> the attention to detail is strong with us. Yeah, and, like, that's why sometimes I hate, like, be, like doing things on, like, Instagram stories or Reels or even on TikTok because things will just be, like, crooked. But, like, I can't. I'm like it's still a little bit crooked, but it won't. It it wants me to go like over here, over here because like it's it's bouncing and like it's not straight and like oh, I can't handle it sometimes. I like I'm like okay, fuck it. I'm not even. Nope, we're not even. Nope, nothing's going on it. I'm not putting stickers on it, doing shit because it won't go straight and I don't care. Just, I, no, I can't use it. Knowing when to let go is a good <laughs> good thing for overthinkers. Yeah, I definitely. Yeah. When it's becoming stressing or over challenging, just like. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Thank you. My backup's here. I got you. Okay, so I'm going to wrap this topic up. Um, I think that I have some helpful tips if you would like them. Um, but I do want to preface this. As long as your overthinking is not causing you stress, overthinking is not a bad thing. I think mm-hmm. it's honestly more of a positive in my life than a negative. Mm-hmm. But it, again, it can be detrimental if you are using it in the wrong way. Yeah. Or even just, like, having – because I think overthinking has such that negative connotation. If you constantly think that your overthinking is in a negative way, then I don't think that it's doing you any good, right? Yeah, if it's causing you that paralysis. Like, if it's stopping you from doing something in your life or just living your life to the fullest and what you want to do, talk to somebody. Yeah, Talk to a provider. Um, You know, because you – overthinking should be used to your advantage you can find some tips yeah that will help you so that you are not overthinking to the point where it is causing you to stop absolutely yeah and I think that's why I like the book that book coming alive because they're really like okay you don't not every situation you need to see to the end like sometimes it's okay to just like release it let it go and let it just like happen as it must and I think that um, that's why I really like the book because each of these things like talks about like how to utilize your overthinking in a positive way and when it is causing you stress like how it teaches you like how to let it go and I think that's so important absolutely um, my tips would be like setting boundaries around your thinking um, knowing your patterns is another one that I would say because when I do have those very intrusive bloody thoughts <laughs> the, the crazy out there thoughts I recognize that it is just my overthinking and my visual brain. And so I go, okay, it's not real. I would never do that. Is, is this me? Mm-hmm. And if it's not, then okay, stop. What mm-hmm. a, acknowledge that you are overthinking. Yeah. Uh, setting boundaries on it, meaning like you can set a time or a place, you know, set out, okay, I have an hour to think about this and no more. And cut yourself off. Go back into your life. Go continue on and stop overthinking. I know that is hard. It's like harder to do, um, but setting those limitations and just—it's just boundaries. Mm-hmm. Boundaries. Safe. Even even things as simple as like for me, like I know that I can get on TikTok and Instagram and just like endlessly scroll, right? Like I yep. know that it's a thing. So like when I know I have things to do, I literally will set a timer on my phone for as much time as I will allow myself to do the endlessly scroll. And then I hit that 10 minutes. And usually my thing is, okay, if I just scrolled to a new video and the timer goes off, I'm done. If I'm halfway through watching a video, I stop the timer. And as soon as the video is done, I get off. 
Yeah. So like, it's just the acknowledgement that I don't want to do this forever. And I even Instagram has a great tool that you can set up where it'll remind you and you can set the time frame. So it's like, I have mindset for 20 minutes. So if I'm on Instagram for 20 minutes, I get this notification that says time to take a break. And it gives you like a list of like four things. It's the same four things every time. But it's like, oh, um, go for a walk, like do your nails, uh, journal about what you're thinking about right now. And like the last one's like, um, go do the tasks you were doing before you opened Instagram or something like that. And it's just like, you know, and then you can set like a daily time limit, but like, it doesn't kick you off. It just like lets you know, like, Hey, by the way, I just want to let you know, like you've spent two hours on Instagram already today. And I'm like, Oh, those gentle reminders, you know, find what your parameters are and mm-hmm. set them. Absolutely. I like, I do like working and then I will take like a TikTok break and then I'm like, okay, I've got until, you know, 3.20 and then I'm going to stop and go back to work. Yeah. Or like pick a place, you know, I'm not going to overthink at work. Mm-hmm. I'm going to curb my thoughts and try to stay focused. And then maybe when I'm home or maybe I'm in this particular chair, yeah. I can, you know, have that thought process and really think. And I think you should deep dive when you are, if you're overthinking to the point where it's um, taking over, sit with yourself and try to write down why Mm. you are overthinking. Yeah. If something's really bothering you, you're replaying scenarios in your head or somebody said something to you, get to that root issue. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely really helpful because, again, you're cutting out the content and actually getting to the the actual problem. I think uh, there was another thing like this guy said he goes oh when I'm scrolling on TikTok I always say to myself oh anytime I reach an Elise Myers video I'm going to stop and I'm gonna shut the app down I'll watch her video and then I'm done because it's like clockwork she always shows up in my timeline when it's just been a little too long and I'm like wow that's actually a good idea so I started using um who's the guy that does he, it's like the girlfriend and he's the girlfriend and the boy and the boyfriend oh, Raul something oh <sighs> the real <sighs> I know what you're talking about that's mine because I know for a fact I will always see a video by him and I'm like oh watch the video and I get off and I'm like wow like wow that's actually working wow that's better than my timer because sometimes I'll dismiss the timer and then well, so you're forget. setting something visual for yourself right. but you also recognize that that's your pattern that you'll continue to scroll but right. identifying something that's going to help you stop and, and realize that that's what you're doing absolutely yeah that's back to you're recognizing your patterns yeah absolutely do you have any other helpful tips you might have for an overthinker no, I I mean, I know for myself, I say no, and then I continued on. <laughs> so I guess I think for myself, I recognize that if I, like the, I said it earlier, when I'm not doing self-care, when I'm not like actively and physically taking care of myself, I know there's too much going on with myself mentally. I'm like, okay, wh- why? Um, like I said to myself on Saturday, I was like, wow, it's been a while since we've had a good cry. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I like jumped in on Sunday and I was like oh shit I haven't sh- I need to shower and then I was like fuck when was the last time I showered and I was like oh my god like a week ago and I was like that's not good and then I was like oh okay so I jumped back into some like self-care things just like as simple as like taking the time for myself in the morning to enjoy my breakfast and then take and fill one page journaling and that unleashed the beast <laughs> and I was like okay great I think when you recognize that you're not doing things for yourself that may be a sign that you're actually spending too much time doing too much introspection and too much overthinking when you're not taking care of your physical vessel or even your relationships around you. Yeah, I think that brings up the point of 
going back to those basics or those things that you actually enjoy mm. you know you really like breakfast so you got to sit down and be like these eggs are really good mm-hmm. oh that's salt look at that oh there's some mm-hmm. ginger in this and that. you know picking up on those little things and changing the way that you're thinking about it mm-hmm. um, and even interacting with it because if you just eat breakfast and like do other things you're not eating breakfast you have a, you have it just like so lost in thought that you you drove home and you're like how the fuck did i get here because mm-hmm. your brain just autopilots yeah especially if it's like a drive home from work it's the same drive every day that you do there and back five times five days a week so that's 10 times a week and like you know that's if you don't travel half that path to go get food or something on the way so like now you have extra times you've driven this so it's like yeah autopilot is it's real and a little scary yeah absolutely Absolutely. Although I've gotten some really good thoughts out of it at some of point. Of course. I think we all do. It's, yeah. a, it's just like uh, the, the shower thoughts. Like, I think shower thoughts, you know, people always are like, There's no danger in shower thoughts, though. Well, that's what I was going to say. I was going to go with the, I think shower thoughts can get a little uh, on the sadder side because there's just rain, like, coming over you. And like, eh, I get that. Or the, the aggressive, angry shower thoughts. But I think shower thoughts can also lead to a lot of productive things if you can focus your attention on that on the solution yeah like on like oh this is to resolve this is a problem this is something that's going on like what's the root of the cause of the problem or how can i fix the problem i think that that's another place that can be like because you wash your body like you were you and i are like 26 and 27 you're almost 27 we've been doing this for years we've been washing ourselves i think like everybody can just like do it and have those autopilot like it's like an autopilot thing that's me personally. <laughs> oh, agreed. All right. Got anything else? No, that's it for me. All right. I'm going to take us on out. So you can follow, rate, like, and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at tabletalks.podcast. We will see you next week for Gaining the Confidence. It's going to be all about insecurities and confidence. Um, I'll see you guys next week. And let's take bets on how many times I said overthinker. <laughs> all right. See y'all later.